Well, we got a big, big week in college football, folks. It's the first day of class if you're at a Florida State school. If you're at a Missouri State school, maybe you got to wait another week. If you're at a lot of schools, maybe you started class today. Michigan probably next week. And Michigan, much like Washington, I don't know when Washington starts back up. Uh, is going to be in the national title game tonight against Washington. So, um, not knowing college schedules aside, the only schedule we do know is the college football national title is tonight, the national title game from Houston. A lot of folks are excited about it. And it is really the, the granddaddy of them all. As Keith Jackson used to say, i got to take this hat off. I think it affects my vocals. Winter hats, man. I don't know what it is. They've covered my ears. I, I don't know if I'm getting a good sound. I can't can't do it. Uh, but um, I can walk in them, but I can't talk in them, right? Winter hats. Um, back to the trucker. Trucker hat we go. Uh, but, no, this is a great national championship for a number of reasons. I really like uh, Michael Penix Jr. I think he's come a long way. I, think, I didn't realize he started at the Ohio State. I thought that he uh, – was a long-time Washington um, Husky who called themselves the Dogs. I didn't know that until uh, about a month ago when it was the uh, Pac-12 championship and they were playing Oregon again for the second game. I'm like, they're the Dogs? Go Dogs. I'm like, well, but there's Georgia who at that time of the Pac-12 championship game, it was the night before the SEC championship game, so I'm thinking, wow, you might have two dogs in the college football uh, playoff because, you know, you get four teams in and the current, um, you know, the current setup. So the current uh, setup was not good for a lot of people this year, obviously. Florida State, number one. It wasn't good for Georgia, number two. Um, And so we'll never really know who the best teams are, I think, because of you know, and Tate Rodemaker, you know, he's like a Southern Miss quarterback now. He transferred to Southern Miss. He would have been the FSU starter in a playoff game. So it's easy to say now, especially transferring to Southern Miss, it's easy to say now, like this guy wouldn't have been, this guy wouldn't have done what Jordan Travis could have done in a playoff game. In, in, a, in a conference championship game, you know, didn't there, obviously. Blake, uh, Brock Glenn got the start. Um, but the theory is they would have had Tate Rodemaker back for for a playoff game. He ended up transferring. He didn't come back once they didn't make the playoff. But it's just the fact that, like, okay, now we know it's a Southern Miss quarterback. Could he really, could he really guide this team to victory in a playoff game? And a lot of folks around FSU think he could have, particularly because of the defense. You know, you don't have to have sometimes. You don't have to have sometimes a stud quarterback if your defense is that good. If you have a quarterback that can just get it to guys, you know, you think back to some of those Alabama teams. A.J. McCarron, you know, wasn't the best quarterback, wasn't the sexiest, glamorous quarterback. Even Greg McElroy wasn't the most glamorous quarterback. A.J. McCarron, another one. Um, Aaron Murray might have been that guy for Georgia. Just like a real uh, kind of uh, sergeant, you know, a, a sergeant. Uh, what do you call it? Just like a, a leader on the field, a guy that is just completing plays, a guy that is executing plays and knows the playbook, knows where to go with the ball. Maybe he doesn't have the best arm, doesn't have the best stuff, but more times than not, he's not going to turn the ball over and he's going to lead the team to victory. So, Tay Rodemaker might have been that guy. He filled in for Jordan Travis a lot last year. I talked about that. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, I think he might have only lost a game when he came in last year for for Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis came back, and I don't think they had lost a game until the injury this year. So it was kind of crazy. Like FSU was really good, and I think it sh- people should realize, you know, from late October of last year until until the uh, injury. And then uh, the the Orange Bowl this year, they hadn't lost a game. So they, they didn't lose a game for over a year in two different seasons. Um, but, you know, that's with Tate Rodemaker, and that's with Jordan Travis, now Tate Rodemaker, Southern Miss Eagle. 
we love Southern Miss. I do anyway. I said we gotta find gotta find you a Southern Miss, um, Tate. But also, uh, I've had you know people that I've known okay go there, like people that I'm familiar with go there, play quarterback there. In fact, um, back in the day, Gabe Green out of uh, Sacred Heart Griffin in Springfield. I remember that. Um, there's been all kinds of guys that go to Southern Miss. I don't know what it is about Southern Miss. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, I believe. Um, you know, sometimes you drive through it on the way to spring break if you're going to spring break in uh, Panama or Destin or something, but um, golf shores even. But you, you don't really tend to spend too much time in Hattiesburg unless you really want to go there for school. Uh, and But some people have liked it. Some people have not liked it. I think if you're from Valdosta, Georgia, you're going to like it a little more than somebody from like Springfield, Illinois, you know, would like it. Maybe. I don't know. Um, also, I think the woman I knew that went there and she was she was great. I, I don't really know her that well. I never really did. But um, a lot of mutual friends and she was like smart. She was in a lot of my courses in high school uh, or, you know, people I knew and it was like she went to Southern Miss. She's probably the only one from my high school to go there uh, that I knew from my high school friend groups. But I think she liked it. I think she was there all four years. Yeah, so I don't know. But um, Gavin DeGraw, man, coming to Chicago this weekend. <laughs> I put some Gavin DeGraw on there uh, on the uh, opening segment there. And look, I've got to get serial. I've got to get serious. I've got a lot of uh, got a lot of things going on this week. In between classes and uh, ooh, just so much to do. And like it's like one or two phone calls really is my productivity for the day. But those are very important phone calls. So it's like I just really need to be in a place where I can make one or two phone calls. And so right now I'm like, well, I've got about maybe an hour. I've got maybe an hour to spare. And then at about 2 o'clock it gets real. Like 2 o'clock it's like phone call here, phone call there. Uh, go to the gym and... Then we have a national title game at, what, 7 o'clock this evening? So, yeah, it's a big it's a big Monday. If you started school today, it's an even busier Monday, I'm sure, even though it's just syllabus week. But, you know, this Monday, next Monday, they're going to be busy Mondays for a lot of us. And uh, we haven't had Mondays like this in about a month. So we're just like, okay, let's, uh, let's be productive. Let us be attentive, whatever we got to do. Um... You know, and I'm, I'm on this supplement. I'm on this uh, thyroid supplement, but I'm not sure it goes down properly at my mom's house. Um, her uh, her aid workers are, are like, you know, they think that uh, I think we, you know, they think that I have high blood pressure too. I, I, just, I think I get her medication on accident uh, from a distance anyway. I'm not like not to suggest that I'm swallowing high blood pressure medicine. I would never do that. But I'm saying like, uh, you know, if there's like an electro uh, magnetic uh, current or something coming in the house or or something to uh, to give the lady some medicine, uh, not for me. You know, I it would make me probably just lay here and and not be productive. So I need to uh, be productive. And uh, anyway, a lot of a lot to get to. What did everybody think of the uh, wild card? I was um, man, I was not so happy about the way the Dolphins played. I gotta say, I was hoping that. Um, maybe the Chiefs would have the Steelers. Now the uh, Chiefs have the Dolphins. Um, not that that's a bad game. It's certainly a winnable game. But um, I, I don't know about this wild card round. There's not really a lot. Of, I mean, let's just look at them real quick before I speak out of tune. I don't, I don't really like the Browns and Texans game, right? Like if we're doing like a cool game segment, this would never be one where I'm like, oh, that's a cool game. But, okay, I mean, they're both in the playoffs, right? They're both in the wild card round. C.J. Stroud's playing better. Um, Singletary's a great back. Um, Collins has caught a lot of balls. Got almost 1,300 yards receiving. Wow. But I just, there's nothing glamorous about the Texans. They did get to 10 wins. Uh, The Browns kind of the same. The Browns may be a little more uh, than, than the Texans. I don't know what it is about the Browns, but... They did get to 11 wins, and, um, you know, it's not a bad team over there in Baltimore. Offense led by Joe Flacco, remember Joe? Uh, Jerome Ford, 
the running back. And Amari Cooper, we used to love at Bama, is the uh, wide receiver for the Browns. And like down the stretch, they haven't been great. They uh, right wasn't it? They lost it. They lost to the Steelers a couple weeks ago. They lost to the Ravens a few weeks before that. That's, that's a tough game. That's you know, and these are both divisional games. But they haven't been great. You know, I, I thought that 49ers win was really big. I thought the Colts win was. You know, even though it was only by a, a point or something, it was it was decent. They lost to the Seahawks, I think, back in November. That wasn't the best. Um, but, you know, they had a really good month. I think it was uh, October. They went 3-0 in October. Cardinals, Ravens. Ravens, that's a big win. They beat the Ravens. They beat the Steelers. Now, these are all close games besides the Cardinals, who they blew out. But, um, you know, not a bad month of October for them. They did have like a couple weird ones. A couple weird ones. Like they lost to the Broncos, which is like eh, you don't really want to lose to the Broncos this year. Sort of the Chiefs. Um, and the Rams, who make no mistake, the Rams are going to be a force in the playoffs with their experience. But I don't, I wouldn't want to sit here and say, oh, you know, we went to LA and got blew out by the, blown out by the Rams. That just doesn't happen to a good team in the AFC typically. Or it hasn't lately, I should say. A good AFC team should be able to go to L.A. and compete with the Rams, but they did not. Now, um, it's a cool matchup. It's definitely a cool game. I think it's the coolest game everybody's going to have on, and it's on. it really is on Peacock. Well, I thought that was a joke. Uh, it's on Peacock, so I don't, like, what is that? Is that just NBC, or is that, like, Apple? That is, uh, that is that, that's kind of strange. I will say that's, uh, that's not normal. I think we need to have playoff games, like, on the regular networks. Uh, Peacock is NBC, I believe. It's, it's a night game on NBC. Dolphins, Chiefs, at Arrowhead, seven o'clock start. Kansas City favored by three and a half. Wow. Well, Tagovailoa, Tyreek Hill. What can they do? What What is the return of Tyreek Hill look like at Arrowhead? Is that going to be a big one um, for him, or is it going to be a big one for the Chiefs' defense? You know, so I think uh, I I watch so much football that I I've seen good defensive backs and I've seen poor defensive backs. I've seen just defenses that get it and defenses that can't seem to figure out what an offense is doing. Everybody should be able to figure out what the Dolphins are doing. The Dolphins aren't impressive offensively. They were so creative in maybe the first month of the season. Really, really creative in September, a little bit in October, but since then, I, I don't really know. Like they had a terrible month of December, uh, really haven't been good since November. The Dolphins, and as much as I think that they might be able to beat the Chiefs, it's just something to be said for playoff experience and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid this time of year, uh, and you know the veteran at tight end Travis Kelsey, and um, you know the defense too. I think there's something to be said for a guy like Chris Jones being able to. Have a couple sacks in a game like this. George Karloft is coming off the edge, having a couple sacks in a game like this. Um, you got to get great play out of your linebackers. I don't think the Dolphins ran the ball well last night at all. In fact, I think it was one of their not great rushing performances of all time. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. Like, are they going to try to run the ball in KC? I don't know. I don't know. But. It'll be a good game. I think it'll be closer than people think. If people were thinking that the Chiefs would run away with it somehow, even though they don't have much of a wide receiver room, um, they've had a you know they've had some time to, to prepare. I know they played this week, but I don't think they were really all there. I didn't even watch the game. I didn't even watch the game against LA, the Chargers, wherever the Chargers play. I think they play where the Rams play. But uh, it's so weird they're not the same. They need to move. Back to San Diego. Need to move back to San Diego. Uh, but no, I, I think it was um, they should move back to San Diego. I mean, really, I, I just I still think they're the San Diego Chargers. But yeah, anyway, so I think it'll be a good game. It's, a, it's definitely a cool game. I, I can't really say I, I, I'd like the Chiefs to win. I think they'll, think they'll win by a field goal. You know, uh, Browns, Texans, I, I think the Browns might win by a field goal in that one. Of course, I might be wrong. I might be over two. A Texans could win very easily. Um, who knows? And Dolphins, no, Dolphins, you never know. Then the Sunday games. I think it was huge for them to get the win last night. I mean, to have that first round game at Orchard Park, that's pretty big for the Bills. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's pretty big. So I'm going to say uh, Josh Allen has a great game. Steelers looking better. Definitely played better lately. But really, the Bills haven't played bad. You know, I think the exception was the Baltimore game. But they've had a pretty good go uh, since October, more times than not. They've won 11 games. Um, I like the Bills. They're favored by 10, so Vegas likes them evidently too. I like the Bills here uh, by a touchdown. And, uh, you know, I think the Steelers will stay in the game. I think that Mike Tomlin's going to have a good game plan. But ultimately, like Josh Allen, you know, uh, Stephon Diggs going to have to come back and have a great one. Like, I, I, I thought he would have a bigger game last night. He, it's not that he didn't have a big game, but sometimes you just you have to get your stars involved, you know. And if they get their stars involved in Buffalo, more times than not, they're going to win the game. More times than not, they're going to win the game. Same with the Packers and Cowboys. That's a game that... I think the Packer fans are happy to have, and Cowboy fans are like, ugh, I, I kind of wanted to play, you know, I kind of wanted to play the Lions or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a team that they won. Now, I know Detroit should have beaten probably Dallas a few weeks ago, but uh, nobody really wants to play uh, the Cowboys right now. I don't think anybody really wants to play the Packers right now either, but nobody wants to play the Rams right now. The Rams have to go to Detroit, so I like the Rams there by... Thank you. By a uh, touchdown. I like the Rams by a touchdown in that one. I I hate ESPN. You look at the scores long enough, they start giving you ads. Uh, Ads, not ass. They start giving you ads. They will never give you ass. I haven't gotten ass in years. Um, Packers and Cowboys, it is a uh, tough game to pick there. I'll take the Cowboys by a touchdown. I I, I think the Packers are a young team. They're going to have good years. But uh, this one is is probably one where they don't get past the first round, the wild card round. Yeah, I mean they're just a young team. It's just a team that's you know still doesn't have the leadership of Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, definitely a team that has players. But as we saw yesterday, if you can't beat the Bears like that, you know you you manage to go nine and eight. That's good. But they are the worst team in the playoffs, I think. And um, I mean the Bucks aren't much better, but. Yeah, I, I don't see this game going or being that close. I, I know the, the the I guess Vegas Vegas made the the Bills like huge favorites over the Steelers. I don't know that they are necessarily. I think the Cowboys are bigger favorites over the Packers and the Bills over the Steelers. If that makes sense, because they're according to Vegas, ten point favorites are the Bills, and the Cowboys are only seven and a half point favorites. I would say that they're more like ten point favorites. Uh, Lions and Rams, you know, that's a really weird one. I just, like I said, the Rams are hot right now. Nobody wants to play them. It's going to be weird because, yeah, it's where golf started was L.A. And it's uh, in it's in Detroit where Stafford started, right? So it's like that whole quarterback trade now coming back, uh, returning to, to base. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I kind of think Stafford will find a way. I, I think the Cooper Cups and the uh, – you know, Williams is will, will get involved for the Rams and make his job a lot easier. But this is a quarterback that's played a lot of football in that in that dome, the Ford Field. There, I like I like the Rams by by a touchdown. Monday night it'll be Eagles and Buccaneers. Wow, that's going to be some game, you know, because the Buccaneers people were saying. This team was done. So this team with Baker Mayfield can't seem to score back in September. And they're here. They're in the wild card round. They're, they're, they've got a home game in the wild card round. They won the NFC South. And the Bucs uh, really just have been so impressive uh, all year long, battling back from injuries. And, uh, you know, this team can win. I think this team could beat the Eagles. And the Eagles, the Birds, are all the talk in the NFC or were for the better part of the year, maybe, until the Cowboys and then we see the Rams recently. Uh, but, you know, this game might be this this game might be the Bucks by, like, a touchdown. And people are going to be like, wait, how did they get this good? It's because they've always had the talent. It's just they haven't been able to put it all together. But, you know, Todd Bell's doing a great job. And I think he had a little bit of experience from his days with the Jets. He knows how to lose now, and he knows how to get better and win. And Todd Biles is a great coach, and I really like this team in Tampa. I think that they're going to beat the Eagles Monday night on ESPN ABC. I'm going to say by, I'm going to say, uh, give me the Bucks at uh, at uh, f- with four points. 
That's what I. That's how impressed I am with the Bucks. You know, and they don't score a lot of points, but man, uh, why wait for the defense to get some takeaway points and really limit the Eagles? I mean, look, the Eagles looked like crap yesterday. That was like the worst I've seen the Eagles, and the Eagles haven't been good recently this whole month. And I might be making this up because I haven't really watched them as much. But if I take a look right now, and as you can see, you know, they they started out really well, but as we see down the stretch, they uh, lost to the Giants, Cardinals. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, even the Seahawks and the Cowboys before that, the 49. I mean, this team hasn't really been good since that win over the Bills. And that was a big win. Was that a Monday night game? That was a big game. But I think uh, that, and that was like one of the most watched Monday night games, if I'm not mistaken. It was like the most watched Monday night game in like five years. Uh, shout out to Joe Buck and Troy Aiken for that, but but seriously, after that they really haven't been very good. They went to the barrier. They got their get just got embarrassed by the Niners. Went to went to Dallas. Got in, no, that was a home game against the 49ers. But they went to Dallas and lost, and then they go to Seattle and lost. Oh, you're like, okay, when is this team gonna come alive? And then they sort of look better. They went back to Philly, got a win over the Giants, divisional foe. And uh, then had a home game against Arizona. Arizona proceeded to beat the Eagles. Like, what? Yeah, Arizona. And they, of course, yesterday went up to MetLife and uh, it lost to the Giants. So, yeah, I'm a little not sure what to make about the Birds. Um, I Like, if they keep playing like that, I think it's going to be an easy win for the Bucks. I think the Bucks got it by four or five points. And the Bucks aren't great. The Bucks might not win in the next round. But next week, I think the Bucks are good for one more win. Uh, and who would they play, by the way, if uh, if they got past this round? I, that's a story for another day. The only thing that's locked in, right, is because uh, everybody has a wild card round. Nobody has an off day. Um, so yeah, it'll just be interesting to see. Like, I I would love to see like Bucks and Rams. I think that was a pretty good playoff game a couple years ago, right? Like Bucks and Rams. Um, and then Packers, they probably won't win. So the Cowboys, I would like to see play like, yeah, Bucks or Rams. But I could also see, you know, Cowboys and uh, Cowboys and. Cowboys and Cowboys and Bucks probably wouldn't be as well received. I, I would, I would look for that rematch. I think that's what it is anyway. If it's like the Rams, if they win in Detroit and and the uh, Bucks win, then it'll be another Bucks Rams. And that has been, by the way, that has been a playoff game for as long as I've been a kid, for as long as I've been around, for as long as I've been alive. I take you back, nineteen ninety nine. I think it was in order for the Rams to get to the World Series. There's some. There's a man coming out of the window. He's spitting. <laughs> I don't know this man. Um, but I go back to the 1999 Rams, and I th- that was a great team by the 1999 Rams. And I think back to the tr- the, the 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 path to the Super Bowl. Ricky Prohl had an amazing catch. I don't know if that was against the Bucks. I think it was against the Bucks. Look it up. Edward Jones Dome. Back then, I don't know what the hell it was called. But in the Dome is St. Louis. It was a home playoff game. The Rams had both home games. And I think they had to go through... Um, they had to go through the Bucks, who were very good back then. Mike Lynch. Uh, was it Mike Lynch? Mike, Mike Lynch. Um... You know the the running back, and uh, Lynch's on the defense. Who was the running back? It was uh, it was a good running back. I forget who it was. Um, but then I think they had like Rondé Barber. They had Rondé Barber, Tiki's brother. Um, they had some players, man. They had some players. It was a good. It was a good Bucks team in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I just remember the path to to the Super Bowl was like the St. Louis had to go. I think it was the Vikings in the first round, and then the uh, and then the and then the, the the Bucks. Was it the Vikings? Could be making that up. It might not have been the Vikings, but it probably was the Vikings. I don't know. That makes sense. I mean, who do they have back then? Dante Culpepper and uh, 
Dante Culpepper, and uh, yeah, I don't, I, dude, Chris Carter maybe. Chris Carter is a great receiver. Randy Moss might have been on that team. I don't know. That was, but those were like, if I the earliest memories I have. Okay, and people think I'm from Chicago, so they don't really they don't really know me, but. I grew up in St. Louis, and I remember the 1999 Rams' path to the championship. And uh, I'll tell you, it was definitely... God, it's taking so long. Because they're just like a schedule. But that was the earliest memory, for me, of the playoffs, right? Uh, So they... Okay. Yeah, look at that. I remember. Vikings 49-37 and Bucks 11 to 6 was the fi- 11 to 6 was the final. That was at the Dome in St. Louis. I remember how close of a game that. Ricky Pro had a great t- uh, catch in the end zone from Kurt Warner and ultimately the Rams made it to the Super Bowl, were able to uh, beat Tennessee Titans who were like pretty much a Tennessee at that time was a, a new team. You know, they came from Houston. They were the Oilers down there. And like the Rams, it was like just in the first couple of years of being a franchise. And they made it to the Super Bowl. So that was pretty cool. By the way, did anybody see the fight yesterday outside of, uh, well, I don't know the name of the stadium, wherever the hell they play in Nashville, the Tennessee Titans game? There was some old men fighting. I guess they... One of the old guys said something to uh, one of the guy's daughters, and offended. I, but honestly, people just make that up. People make like if you're if you're in a, a walking part and you're like walking from the car to the stadium or just doing any walking with women, you could just make that up. And that girl, by the way, probably not even your daughter, right? Like you could just say that just if you wanted to fight somebody. Like, hey, you talking shit to my daughter? Don't ever touch my daughter. It's like, yeah, it's probably not even your daughter, man. Like, shut the fuck. Like. But they they could make that up. I I've heard that before where they do that. They just try to like because they're looking for like the ammo to start a fight. And if it's just like your buddy's girlfriend, like that's not very good. It's like hey, you talking shit? That's Darius. That's Darius's girlfriend. Like that's not a very good excuse now. But if you say, hey, that's my daughter. <laughs> now that's a now that's a golden ticket. Like you're you're gonna get to the, to the golden gloves if that's your daughter. You're not gonna get to the golden gloves if that's your buddy Daryl's girlfriend. You know. So anyway, two demented old white men fighting. Uh, apparently, they I think they both said stuff to one another's daughters, which is how fake that whole fight seemed. But yeah. I'm like, okay, did, they're both just drunk idiots, right? Like, there's no, I don't think any of them said anything to anybody's daughter. And those daughters, if I'm looking at the right film, they look to be in their 50s. So, not exactly, not exactly, um, you know. Like, when somebody's like, oh, that's for my daughter, like, you'd expect, like, a 20 year old, you know? Like, you'd expect, like, somebody that's of the age that might have trouble, like, sticking up for themselves or, just a vulnerable age where guys are, you know, hitting on them. Not an unattractive, have overweight woman in their fifties. Like that's not somebody that you're gonna fight. Uh, that you know because or that's not something that you need to stick up for. An overweight fifty-year-old woman that's your daughter. Like that's not the same thing as a twenty-year-old that's vulnerable. That that like historically that's meant like okay now it's fighting. Like don't touch my daughter. Don't say anything bad to my daughter. That she's twenty years old. We know she's hot. Like, just leave her alone, man. Or we're gonna fight. And then, but like now, it's like that. Now it's just become an excuse for guys that are drunk and want to fight. And if nothing, like that guy probably did nothing to his daughter. Like I said, his daughter looks like being about fifty years old, overweight. Um, I wasn't sure if that was his daughter or his buddy, his buddy Daryl's. You know, his buddy Daryl's girlfriend. I couldn't tell by looking at that all the recorded films from from the fight at Nashville yesterday what the hell that was but yeah now I think we're just like using excuses nowadays people that want to fight they're just coming up with stuff to be able to justify it which is sad man which is really sad you know it's like uh, we used to be a society that 
was like about common sense, at least to a degree where we didn't make things up in order to like achieve certain things. We would just achieve certain things, right? We would just achieve certain things. The things that are meant to be achieved, we would achieve. Now it's like we're, we're looking for excuses in order to do things. Oftentimes like bad excuses that don't make any sense, right? So eh, we're kind of in a weird place. Not everybody, not everybody. I mean, most of society does not, uh, encounter these issues, these fight. I mean, like, I don't think you'd see that at a Bears game. I don't think you would have seen that at Lambo yesterday. So it's not everybody, but it is like a certain class of people that might not have the most money. You know, um, it's kind of a middle, lower middle class thing, I think, overall. But it is uh, just disturbing what these people are capable of. You know, it's like you give the Houthis a, a, a bunch of weapons, what do you think they're going to do? You know, like, <laughs> what do you think they're going to do? Like, if they don't have any morals or, like, they have no adult supervision that's worth anything. Like, they they don't have anybody that's up there being like, okay, if we're going to be a, a good terrorist group, we've got we've to gotta get some infrastructure. We've got to build hospitals. Like, the Houthis aren't exactly looking um, for good reasons to do things. So, I mean, I think that's something to keep in mind anytime you give just, like, anybody who wants them uh, weapons. And you see it around the world today, and um, not just the Houthis. I'm just using that as an example. All right, 31 minutes. I have most of my saliva. I think I'm good there. Um, huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's the college football national championship. I really think uh, tonight. I previewed. I previewed all the AFC wild card coverages. Um, and talking about the national title game tonight in Houston, I'm still thinking that uh, it's Michigan's game to lose. But Washington looked really, really good against Texas, you know. And I didn't think they would do it. I haven't been to Texas in so long. I have – it's probably like 2002 or 2003 was the last time I've been to Texas. But I – I think that uh, one of these days I'll get down there. I thought maybe it would be for the Mizzou Cotton Bowl. It was not. Maybe it'll be next year. There's a ton of football games now with you. You have two teams in the SEC in the state of Texas, so that'll be that'll give me a much bigger uh, schedule to work with when you have A&M and UT and the Longhorns, both going to be in the SEC. That'll just give me a lot more to work with so I can find the time uh, to get down there, I guess, and see my sister. But also just enjoy Texas. I think, like I, I had known people, um, you know, and um, I don't know if people just think I'm a joke, like when I say something. But like, you know, I, I, I think that the person that I'm talking to on, on Instagram is the same girl that I went to high school with, and I was planning on meeting up with her. She was awesome. I hung out with her a few times back in high school, and anyway, I played football with her brother. And like, dude, she lives in, she lives in Dallas. It's like go out to lunch or something, and then. Uh, Go to the Cotton Bowl. And she ended up going to the Cotton Bowl. I didn't even go. So uh, she didn't have tickets until like the week of, I think. Somebody at work gave them to her. I, I didn't have tickets the entire time. Uh, my dad and stepmom, they decided to go. Didn't tell me, which is kind of weird. But, uh, you know, whatever. Like, I get it. Sometimes people go to school at colleges. And sometimes people are just fans of the sporting events, of the sporting teams. And, and then sometimes you're both. And I'm both. I'm a huge fan of sports, and I'm also a student at the, at the university. So you'd think that somebody like me would definitely get an invite to these occasions. But, you know, it's not all. It's it's usually not the case. So I, I didn't get any invites. I would have bought tickets on StubHub, and I didn't do it. But maybe next year. And I just hope maybe we could branch out of Texas. I got nothing against Texas, really. But, like, I don't know. I mean, that's cool. Dallas, there's a lot to do. But, I mean, I was really hoping. Like, I haven't been to Atlanta in a long time. Atlanta's pretty cool. I've got a friend there, too, um, from back in the day. And then, uh, and then, and really, Orange Bowl is really what I was hoping for. I just think any bowl game in Florida is going to be sweet because, hey, guess what? There's a beach. There's good weather. Good weather. I mean, Dallas, this time of year, is not awful. I know they, they definitely get snow and, like, ice storms still. But, but, like, Florida does not get that, right? Like, Florida does not have that at all. Atlanta really doesn't too much either. But, uh, but especially Florida. Florida does not, and there's beaches, and there's nightlife. People love Miami. People love Fort Lauderdale. So I, I was big on the Orange Bowl, which obviously FSU did get there. 
Missouri did not, and uh, Georgia got there. So Georgia, who beat Mizzou back in uh, late October, of course, and had a great season in the SEC, might be better truly than Alabama. I don't. I really don't know what Kirby Smart was doing in that SEC championship. If he just would have won that, uh, likely both Georgia and Florida State would have been would have been there. I mean, you think about it, because then you can't say, oh, well, we got to invite Texas because Texas beat Alabama. It doesn't matter. If, if Georgia just would have beat Alabama, then that all those arguments are off the table because you know Georgia was getting in undefeated. You knew Washington was getting in. Uh, you knew Michigan was getting in. And you knew Florida State was going to get in. So, really, you would have had four undefeateds if Kirby Smart could have just done the right thing and beat Nick Saban. But he couldn't do that, and we'll never know why. And uh, next year, I hope to maybe go to more games and talk less about them. But uh, that's really because I, I prefer to just write. I like to write about the experience, not really podcast it. There's a lot of weird shit going on in society that I really... Because every time I talk, people think I'm going to like uh, give away state secrets. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, a, I, I talk about sports, you know? I don't really know much about state secrets. Like, if you try to shut me up, like, we've got a problem. Because that really says a lot about whatever you're doing in the state that I didn't know about, but now I do. Because you're trying to shut me up. So just don't try to shut me up. It'll be fine. It'll be good. We'll just talk about college football because that's really all we know. Um, truly. But um, anyway, it was a good year in college football. Tonight's the Mecca, the granddaddy of them all down in Houston. I'm going to say right now, the way Washington took care of, of, of Texas in that game last week, it's hard for me not to take Washington, truly. I, I think Washington should win this game by four, four or five. I don't know why I'm going with four or five today. Just say a touchdown maybe, but maybe t- two field goals. We'll say six. Um, but it'll probably be closer than that, right? It'll probably be a one- or two-point game. I don't know. Michigan's good. They haven't lost, much like Washington. They haven't lost. Anytime a team's undefeated like this, you just never really know what to expect. Two undefeated teams. Now, Alabama was not undefeated. They had the ability to lose because they've lost before they lost to Texas. Washington just beat Texas. So I'd say look out for this Washington team. I know it's not that simple, but to me, like if I'm being somewhat smart about it, I'm realizing J.J. McCarthy might not be Michael Penix Jr. So there you have it. God bless. I don't hope that anybody wins. I hope that it's a good game. And, and truly, like I'd rather probably have Michigan win. I think you know Blake Corm is really good people. I like him. I like J.J. McCarthy. I think John Harbaugh is like probably his last game at Michigan tonight if they win. I've just never been to the big house, you know. I've never been to a game in Michigan, so I can't sit here and call myself a fan. You know, I didn't go there for college. I didn't. I never been to a game there, but I think that, that would be one heck of a tradition to to be fan, to be fan. Like you know how you can be friend. I would say be fan. It'd be one heck of a tradition to be fan. Like to just like if you live in Chicago or obviously Detroit. If anybody still lives there, <laughs> there's a lot of people in New York City. I know that are big Maze and Blue fans. And it's just kind of like giving you something to do each fall. It's like there's always like a couple trips you go on where, you know, much like if you live in the south and you go on down to Baton Rouge for a couple weekends in the fall. Like it's like that same idea. But this one's in the north. So it's just like it, you get colder basically every time you go there. But for a good cause. If they're winning football games, why not? So I think Michigan is a great tradition. Um, definitely something that is lost in college football today, especially in the northern states where, you know, Ohio State. They've been good recently, but not – I mean, they haven't been Alabama good. They haven't been Clemson good, right? So I just think, uh, that, you know, the North football, the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten has been carried by Michigan this year. Michigan can uh, really, by winning tonight, um, you know, be a huge force for good in the college football and uh, just the Big Ten in general because, like, we see that they're still there and you have a program that has – had better tidings, maybe you'd have you have to say they were really good in the '90s and the '80s and things like that. But um, this might be a place where they can get back to greatness and and develop some, you know, develop a benchmark so they can say, hey, well, we were just in the national title. You know, this wasn't this wasn't 1995. This was this was 2024. So um, Michigan, go blue, back at it. I don't know. Washington probably will win. Michael Penix Jr. really good. But looking forward to a good game, all in all, good times.
Oh, yeah. That's a great bridge, man. I gotta say, that's like... I don't know if anybody can hear it. Sound quality's not great. Um, but this is a little bonus round I'm doing. Just had a few thoughts on, like, TV ratings, you know? State of Florida, Ashley Moody. Really getting down to it with the ACC trying to figure out, hey, why are you guys charging us this much for an exit fee? We kind of are the ratings of this conference, even more so than Clemson. And hey, um, I don't like how it stops abruptly. I don't like how it stops abruptly. All right. But that was great. That was great. That was, that was so good. State Route 522. Uh, State Route 520. I say route because I'm from... I'm from Missouri, but if you're from uh, Chicago, you'd probably say State Route 522. Um, it's a ban from Washington State. Now, I didn't do that because I'm predicting Washington, those dogs, the Huskies, to win uh, tonight in Houston in the national title. I might be predicting that. You know, Like I said, I think it'll be close. I think if I'm looking at things that I could do, you know, maybe this is actually the wrong... Um, idea but because who knows i mean maybe seattle would give me endless opportunities i've never really explored the pacific northwest maybe it's a great time to start but if i'm being honest i thought that michigan would 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 create a a plethora of of social opportunities of networking opportunities of great college football fans and you know michigan men portland always talks about michigan men you know it's a public ivy these guys are very prestigious uh very well-to-do, very affluent man, and boy, a Michigan man really is different than a uh, than an Iowa man. No, well, a little bit. A Michigan man is certainly different than a Nebraska man. Am I right? Certainly a a more prestigious, a more uh, a more well-mannered man. A, a Michigan man is a man that wears his maize and blue, and it goes to national championships in 2022. For you know, it's it's that's a Michigan man, and a Michigan man does things the right way. I mean, that's really all I would say about Michigan men. But anyway, they, I mean, they're good. I don't know if they're going to win at all. I just had to play State Route Five Twenty Two um, from the album S forward slash T Seven Inches. So I don't know if that means that whoever recorded this on YouTube, um, they don't have it on. Apple iTunes. This was a band in the late '90s, early 2000s, or like mid '90s, maybe. Um, kind of a. I think it developed from grunge. I think it developed from grunge. I don't really know. You know, some people would say this is like the original emo. The original emo music is like State Route 522. Like that's kind of what. But the guitar riffs. That's what I'm saying. Like if you guys heard that at all, like if you're able to pick it up, it was from the TV. So, not the best sound quality. I apologize for that. But I think that those guitar riffs, you don't hear that today. You didn't even hear that when, and you didn't even hear that. Oh, losing my voice. You didn't even hear that when, um, what's the name of that band that I took my ex-girlfriend to? Like, um, uh, Death Cab for Cutie. You did. You don't hear guitar riffs like that. Now you hear some good ones. I love Death Cab for Cutie. Like you hear, you know, brown eyes, I hold. Like there's some good acoustic. But I'm talking like electric guitar, rhythm guitar beats. You don't hear that anymore, dude. You just don't. There's no Incubus. There's no new Incubus coming. Why not? You know? That pisses me off. Um, But this is a great band from Washington State. And I got to say, like, are, is there still people in, in maybe like places like Portland or, or Seattle that go to concerts that are like rock concerts or like up-and-coming rock bands? Because you don't – I don't hear about that ever. There was a band called Radkey uh, from Boonville, and and they would come to Columbia and play at the Blue Note, and that was like a local, like very much local. But the Blue Note, the Blue Note typically doesn't do that. That's like a, you know, um, Eli Young Band could come to the Blue Note. The Blue Note is like a, if if there's like after Mizzou Arena, if there's like a band that's well established coming to the middle of Missouri, you know, they're probably going to the Blue Note. If they're not like a country act that's just going to play outside and then they'll go to Jeff City. But if you're in mid-Missouri, I'm not talking about Kansas City or St. Louis, but if you're in mid-Missouri, there's not a lot of rock show. There's just nothing. Um, now there's a new bar that they, I think they play some house music and there's more house DJs. Uh, but it's also kind of a gay bar. So people like, you know, that aren't gay are like, I don't know if I should hang out there. <laughs> um, but 
it it's not necessarily a gay bar and I'm not knocking that. I never would do that. Not knocking anything. But I'm just saying like there used to be bars, uh clubs that were dedicated to uh rock and you just don't see that really I don't even know that they have that in, in St. Louis and Kansas City so much. You know, maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe it's just like maybe that's such a small part of the overall nightlife landscape that we miss it. Like maybe there are those groups of people that go to rock concerts at a at a club and there's maybe clubs that we know are known for having them with up and coming bands, but we just wouldn't know about it. We just wouldn't know about it. Like it's not like a big if you ever saw uh what's his name? He used to come into Blue Jam Cafe a lot right down the street in Encino. Um, Dave, uh, whatever, uh, from the Foo Fighters, struggling to think of a last name. And if you were him, like, I, I think he grew up on the West Coast, but he would come to Chicago. He had family in Chicago. And he would, he said that there was like bars where, a couple bars anyway, that were like known for having like new and up and coming rock or at that time, pretty much punk concerts. This was the late eighties, I believe. Um, so I don't know. Um, it, but is there still such things in, in Chicago? I don't know. Like people come through here a lot. Like there's a lot of rock bands that are established or well-established. that will play at a smaller venue, you know, not necessarily United center or, or over the summer, like a river nor uh, northerly island, like there's there's bands that play at smaller venues. You know, in St. Louis, in St. Louis, it's the pageant. The pageant will have like the urge. The urge is a, a band from Webster Groves, and uh, they'll play at the you know they'll play at the pageant, um, like once a year, maybe maybe less than that even. I don't know. It's just like it's weird in Kansas City. I can't think of one bar off the top of my head. Um, you know, and I know in New York City there still is. Like I know New York City will have like your kind of under the ground bars, atmospheres where like a new band could get noticed. Like they're very few and far between, I think. I think it's just a phenomenon, to be honest. I think it's happening much less. Like I think the late eighties and early nineties and apparently as you hear State Route five twenty two, the fine sound that came out of Washington State that they called emo music, what I just played for you guys. Like I just think that um those days are gone. Like as far as like meeting and and going to these bars and just like hearing a new sound and being like, wow, that's really cool. These guys are gonna make it. Like that's a really cool sound. These guys are gonna be big. I just don't know that those days still exist. Maybe they do. I don't know. I don't know, you guys. But regardless, that is um that's a fun that's a good this whole it's YouTubeable, by the way. Just type in State Route five twenty two. I think it's like the second video. But I want to know what happened to these guys. Like, are they still touring at all? Or do they have, like, any, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times uh, what happens to these guys, oftentimes, you know, especially when you're talking about grunge and shit like that, excuse my French, um, sometimes they'll they'll pass away. Like, members of the band will pass away very young from drugs. I mean, Kurt Cobain and, you know, uh, that's really, really sad. Um, and But that's not the only example. You know, there are all kinds of... I mean, you look at a band that still has everybody healthy. You think of, like, Rush. Must be doing something right. You know, Rush. Uh, Van Halen, pretty much all gone. David Lee Roth's still there, thank God. Uh, we call that good thank God in my in my faith. But David Lee Roth, of course, the lone Jew from Van Halen, still doing his thing. Everyone else dead. Michael Anthony, I think, might be still alive, but that's it. Well, the Van Halen brothers are dead, I believe, right? Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I don't like, speaking of Van Halen, that the Red Rocker at night is only available, like, in Orlando. I'm like, who has the contract? Is it is it because they do the show from Orlando, so only the Orlando Rock Station picks up the Red Rocker at night? Because I got some biker friends that love listening to the Red Rocker at night, and I do too. And uh, I've only been able to hear it maybe, like, twice this year. But, that you know, Saturday or Sunday night, Uh, Saturday or Sunday night, that's a great, you know, if you're just hanging out listening to music, find find whatever rock station that is in Orlando, and you get Sammy. You get Sammy uh, DJing, so that's pretty cool. Anyway, um, where was I going with this, man? Okay, there was like two tweets that I wanted to talk about. 
Uh, I, I spoke briefly about Ashley Moody. Ashley Moody, the Attorney General in Florida. I think she's doing big things, uh, trying to help the Knowles out with their scheduling going forward. And, uh, you know, what's what it's going to look like when... Look at that guitar. Just listen to that guitar. That's pretty, that's pretty spectacular. I love it. Stay Route 522, everybody. Um, so, the national title, title game tonight. Um, Ashley Moody working overtime for the Knowles. As Florida State tries to leave the ACC, I think that's important. Um, a couple tweets I wanted to uh, address because... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. We had... Um, oh, God. We had heard from uh, the biggest TV draws. That was like one of the things I was looking at all year in college football and trying to see, uh, you know, why it makes sense for the Knowles to leave. Well, first of all, the first two teams are SEC. That's Alabama and Georgia. Now, granted, the scheduling plays a role, especially with CBS primetime broadcast or ESPN ABC primetime broadcast at night. Uh, the Knowles fared seven, which, you know, some people think that's like, only the only reason it's not top five is because of the ACC network. They just don't have the pull that the SEC network has. If you get booted to that game, I mean that's kind of like if you're an up and coming program in the SEC, you'll take a broadcast on the SEC network. That's like okay, all right, whatever. That's all we can that's all we can afford right now. Um, we're we're a young team, but after you start to win and have some sustained sustained success, I think Missouri was that team this year. Florida State the same thing. But in the ACC, um, you expect to get more games that are in the primetime time slots, which is ESPN. Um, and last year for the SEC was CBS. Now for FSU going forward, it's going to be, and that's why they're trying to get out of the SEC, is because the only ability they really have is the CW, which is like, not really going to watch football after Gossip Girl's over, you know, One Tree Hill's on, you know, and then I really don't want to watch football after that. Like, I kind of just want to, like, find the wife and make love if I was married and could make love, you know. That, <laughs> but that's but that's what you ideally would do after watching the CW One Tree Hill episode. Now, you know, the SEC actually has a better deal next year. They'll be, I think, exclusively on ESPN and ABC so they can duke out. Uh, which times go to which games, which Alabama and Georgia will still have a huge leg up. They're going to get more primetime games. Michigan, um, being in the Big Ten, they'll have the same deals they had this year uh, with Fox. So we're not really sure how much, how Michigan was able to get third most TV draws, just like a salute to their alumni and their fans around the world because they do really have a, a large pull and a very wide audience, very diverse audience too, I might add. That's one thing I do appreciate about Michigan. Um, and why I think I would be a good Michigan man. They actually, they actually have a really good public health school. Um, but they've got a guy named Jim Harbaugh there. And they and I think I accidentally said John. I meant Jim. Jim is at Michigan. John is his brother coaching the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. Um, so Ohio State, they're always going to have a poll. Huge audience, much like Michigan. Very diverse. A lot of fans. Not Not as much alumni around the world, but like a lot of football fans, right? That's kind of Ohio State. Um, Colorado Buffaloes. This is a tribute. They came in at five. And a lot of people are like, well, if you look at the records, you'd, you'd think Texas might be five or Florida State might be five and whatever. Somebody else, like Ohio State, wouldn't be four. Maybe you'd have Texas at four. It's such a big state. A lot of alumni, a lot of just Texas football fans, the same thing. But Colorado actually did better than Texas. So I was a little surprised at five. But I think it's funny that they're five. Uh, it's a prime number, Coach Prime. So I think that's a really uh, salute to him and what he's been able to do at that program, and especially the month of September. Because if anybody watched that football team, they had a lot of hype around Coach Prime. They really did a, a lot of things right in September before kind of falling apart and having that turmoil and those obstacles that young teams will have. Uh, nothing to say bad about Coach Prime. That's just a first year in a new conference with a new team and they're going to have that going forward, too, in the Big 12, right? So, I mean, it might not be easy his first couple of years in Colorado, but I think ultimately this will be a back program um, 
the way he's gone about his business in Colorado. Um, Shador, his son, being able to play quarterback has been tremendous. Um, so I, I do think, you know, that's that's why they're five. Usually you wouldn't see Colorado in the top five. You'd probably expect Texas or Florida State to both be in the top five, actually, but they're, both, they're not. Uh, so that's cool. You still have two SEC, two Big Ten, one Big 12. I mean, if, you're, if I'm looking at this top five in 2023 for TV draws, this might have been similar to something you'd see in, like, 1995, you know? Because back in 95, you probably would still have, uh, like, one Big 12, two Big 10, and two SEC. Like, not a lot's changed as much as things have changed because they're different programs. Uh, six to 10 is going to be Texas, Florida State, Oregon. Oregon at eight, you know, that's maybe a little surprising. They It feels like they have a much wider audience. But sometimes they're not. They don't play in great in great games. Like if they have a loss, which they ended up losing to to Washington, you know, it's easy to think because they play in the Pac-12, this team's probably not a playoff team at this point. Maybe you turn it to another station. Um, and Washington was right there at nine, top, you know, cracking the top ten of the TV draws, and that's just because they played so well. I don't know that Washington's usually in the top ten for this. TV ratings, you know, I think USC might be a program in the Pac-12 that is is more prone to being in the top ten for 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 Nielsen for the Nielsen ratings anyway. But Washington with a great year and just like tonight. So if we're looking at it from a national championship standpoint, nobody can really be upset. These two teams draw really well. They're both undefeated. Um, it's a nine versus a three um, or a one versus a two. If you're talking about college football playoff rankings but i'm talking about tv rankings so <laughs> uh and number 10 is the irish baby so the irish uh the irish who i have not i haven't been to a game in notre dame since what 20 uh 2001 2002 maybe 2003 pretty much uh since i last went to texas I've, I've probably gone to notre dame more recently than i've been to texas uh but that was when i was very young and so i think that you know i'm due for a trip to texas and just like i might Next year, try to get to Notre Dame Stadium and uh, try to get to a game there. But they're uh, they're tenth this year in the TV ratings. I didn't expect anything else. I thought maybe top ten, top fifteen, not top, not top five this year. Now you had that game against Ohio State, which was big. But as we see, Ohio State's four, Notre Dame's ten. So even that game wasn't like a huge audience. Despite it being like if you if you played that game five ten years ago, before Notre Dame looked silly in the playoff, and Ohio State was just like a badass program like under Jim Trussell maybe I know they had recruiting violations but it was a badass program. Uh, Maurice Claret, what can you say? Now, this game ten years ago would have probably drawn a lot more. It just would have. But this year, for whatever reason. Uh, the Irish and the Buckeyes didn't. It wasn't a huge draw. I don't know what they were competing up uh, against that day, as far as other games go. That might have been the same day as like, I don't think it was Alabama, Texas, but it might have been like Georgia, and no, Georgia didn't really have anybody. That might have been the same day as LSU and Ole Miss. That was a pretty good good game. Um, or it could have been the same day as Florida State and Clemson. That was the other game. I think maybe it was the same day as that. I don't know, but it didn't draw as well as people thought. Um, I drew attention to the other one, which was that Florida State outdrew, you know, the previous Orange Bowl since 2017 by being in this year's Orange Bowl. Now, a lot of that's Georgia, right? You can't say that FSU is responsible for all the TV ratings from every game that they're in, but, I mean, make no mistake, they seem to always get high ratings. And the Big Ten can't ignore that i don't think i mean neither can the acc network trying to charge extra fees for leaving i don't think so you know what i mean like if you don't have the ratings you don't have the conference and without florida state you just don't so i totally agree with ashley moody jimmy patronis and governor DeSantis uh, ultimately saying hey we're gonna put some money aside for this in our budget right like this this just isn't right this just isn't right now the other thing i was looking at on uh, Twitter, talking more about anyway, besides, aside from the ratings in college football, part of my bonus segment. I'm about to be so parched I can't talk. Um, an NFL scout thinks that Spencer Rattler is the best quarterback in this year's upcoming draft. 
I thought that that was an interesting story. I don't think it's true. I said maybe he's like going to be Mitch Trubisky because uh, that didn't pan out too well. That's what happens when you take a quarterback from a team that doesn't win in college. There's something to be said for winning. If you're a winning college quarterback, chances are you'll have a good NFL career. If you don't know how to win, you know, if you've never seen success, that is a problem. That that won't lend itself to winning a lot of games at the next level. So you definitely know how, need to know how to win. Spencer Rattler does not know how to win. I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Shane Beamer down there in, in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, he's a great coach, just like his dad. But this program is not back yet. It is not... It is not even at the level that Steve Spurrier's Gamecocks were at in 2005 or 2010, whatever it was. It's just not a good program right now, and he's not a great quarterback. I don't think – nothing against – I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I'm just saying I don't think that he should be the number one pick overall. I don't think that he's top ten. I don't know that he's going to have a sustained NFL career. Uh, pretty cool for Frank the Tank Fleming, a bar stool, getting that uh, walk 100 since his diet began 100 walks ago. And uh, walking through Manhattan and Central Park there with his army of, I don't know how many people, it had to be at least 100 people there uh, supportive of that. And I'm just so happy for him. And um, to be able to, to lose weight is a tough thing. And diet and exercise really play a large role. So I'm all for it. I would said maybe I'll be there for walk 200. I actually was going to get a ride maybe with uh, one Mikey Betts leaving Chicago, but he got my message a little late, so I was like, all right, that's fine. And next time. Um, Big Tone here is uh, still talking about Brady Cook. Um, I don't know what he knows that I don't, but he's having a really good day, I think, betting, just like Big Tone here is a good follow on Twitter. Uh, and... He's not talking about Brady Cook anymore. I made that up. I just reposted it from the Cotton Bowl night. But anyway, uh, there was a girl that was featured, uh, a woman, I should say, was featured in the uh, New York Post for a high-fat carnivore diet. It's a carnivorous diet with high fats, and she's very skinny. Um, 22 eggs a day. 22 eggs a day and a block of butter. I don't know if I believe this sort of story. Um... I believe that there are high-fat diets where people don't gain weight, just like I think that there are low-fat diets where people gain weight, or low-carb diets where people gain weight. I mean, it's just like, it really depends on the environment. There's a lot of environmental factors. One thing I've learned in public health, and you could be, doesn't matter what diet you're on sometimes, depending on where you live. Just a fact. Depending on where you live. Yeah, you heard it here. Um, now, uh, I heard that the uh, Rangers were coming to St. Louis on Thursday night, and I was really looking forward to seeing. I haven't been to... Enterprise Center in a long time. In fact, I think the last time I was there, they called it um, Scotch Trade still. So that's pretty cool, I think. And But I might try to make it. I don't know. I'd have to make some money between now and then. I might have to get back to work in Columbia. So uh, start start class next week. And really excited about that. But um, let me try to. Oh, I found Bryce Salvador was uh, in the media now for the, Jersey, uh, for the New Jersey Devils on MSG Network. So that's pretty cool to see. He's got a very... Uh, nice cast there too. I mean, the whole MSG family is good people. Like Shannon Hogan, she went to Mizzou. Um, great follow Islanders uh, reporter Shannon Hogan. Of course, I love the Rangers reporters, uh, Micheletti and uh, uh, who, who, Sam uh, uh, Sam Rosen, I believe. Is what what is his name? I don't know. But Micheletti's the man. He actually was an announcer for the Blues, I think, briefly. Or he played for the Blues, maybe. Uh, Joe Micheletti. I believe his son went to our rival high school, in fact. Um, he's my age. His son's my age. Um, but Bryce Salvador played for the Blues a long time ago. He's a really good St. Louis Blue. Uh, he's on, like, the same team as Pavel Dimitra, Pierre Turgeon. That was, like, that was the Bryce Salvador tenure in St. Louis. Pretty good teams. Just teams that didn't go very far in the playoffs, didn't end up making it to the cup. But good teams, good teams that won a lot of games. They won the most games, might have been in 2002, 2003, something like that. Uh, most games in hockey by like a wide margin, like definitively the regular season's best team lost in the first round. Humiliating. I remember, I think it was like in fifth grade, but it was humiliating. 
um, there was like an email going around to like, uh, my dad's office or something. And it was like, it was like, yeah, live feed from the St. Louis blues. And they're just like all playing golf. <laughs> it was like the second week of the postseason. Bryce Salvador, I believe was on that team. Anyway, glad to see him uh, still announcing. But yeah, maybe I'll be at enterprise on Thursday night, Rangers and blues. That's like one of my favorite games. Cause two teams that I've followed, uh, you know, since I was a kid and, um, what else, dude? I I don't know. I think I was going to feature another story that I found. Um, Heisman odds for next year. I thought maybe Brady Cook should be on there. Um, JJ McCarthy, they say, can come back. So that's something to look for. Like, And I really haven't seen much of him his whole career, ten, uh, his whole tenure at Michigan. I got to be honest. I haven't seen JJ McCarthy really have just a game, just a game where we're like, okay, this guy could be a Heisman candidate. Um, and for, I think for that, maybe a lot of other folks haven't either because he was not invited to New York City for the uh, for the presentation. So it, it is kind of funny to me that he's on there, slated to come back next year, 16-1 to odds on the Heisman winner uh, for, for 2024 on this last week of 2023's, basically, season. Uh, Carson back up there too. Jalen Milrow, it should be said. Quinn Ewers coming back at UT. He'll have his work cut out for him too, you know, because you think about you think about UT people. They're like, oh, if he's not winning, we're gonna have to put the Manning kid in there. I don't know. That'll be interesting. But Jackson Dart, I thought should be a little better. If anybody's seen him this year, I, I really like Jackson Dart out of Ole Miss. Just a typical Ole Miss quarterback, but he might be right there with Eli Manning. I'm serious. He's pretty good, Jackson Dart. I uh, I think Lane's doing a remarkable job, and they're at the point now where you'd expect them to uh, have a Heisman winner or at least do well in the playoff. And um, obviously with the 14 playoff, it's very difficult. But next year, next year, with the advent of 12 teams, Ole Miss, I believe, will be one of them. And I think Jackson Dart, for sure, will get an invite to New York. So that 18-1, that's I'm going with that. Like I don't know if there's like a, a poll, like a bet that it's just like Heisman finalists. It's not necessarily Heisman winner, but Heisman finalists. I'm putting my money on Jackson Dart. Anyway, that's your bonus for me. I'll uh, see. I don't, they got to make that bet, by the way. Heisman finalist, not Heisman winner, just finalist. Because I could tell you probably five guys right now. Um, and JJ McCarthy might be one of them. So that's something to watch tonight. Pennix, no more years of eligibility. And uh, we're still trying to figure out if Cody Schrader can come back to Missouri and run the football because that's like absolutely huge. Uh, anyway, all right, dude. That's it for me. Good times.